Hallelujah. Psalm number 8, verses 3 through 6, we'll read that. All right, when you read it, when you get there, you'll find these words. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you do what? You visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, that word angels is Elohim, which is God, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. You have put all things under his feet. All right? So we're on part five today of this message uh, entitled, What is Man? Father, thank you today for the word we're about to receive. I pray that each man, woman, boy, or girl who's tuned in to the word at home, wherever they are, and those who are gathered here in the sanctuary, that all of us together withdraw on the anointing, withdraw on revelation, draw on your spirit, O oh God, and pull out of heaven the truths that you need us to understand and know today. And I pray, Father, these truths would transform our lives as we renew our minds to the word of God, to your way of thinking, your way of operating, your way of handling situations in the earth. Thank you, Father, that you're raising up this generation of people, an exceeding great army of people who can walk in our authority, dominion, and power in the earth and get your business done. Thank you today. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, we're picking up from where we left off on last Sunday. Again, this past Wednesday and Thursday, we ministered on, from the healing school. So we're picking up where we left off last Sunday. And I've been reminding you about the, the dream the Lord gave to me when he spoke to me in that dream about uh, saying to me that to not be moved by the world because they can only dream of what he has for us. So God has something great, uh, outstanding, uh, totally uh, amazing to the world that he has for us, that the world obviously does not have access to because he said they can only dream of it. Amen? Now, I talked to you and I reminded you of this. He talked to us about large money. When I finish this, what is man, I might teach on that. These, these areas, large money, large work, large territory, major responsibility, right, that God's giving us. But as I've been sharing, we need a revelation of who we are in Christ so we'll then have the capacity to cooperate with God. I'm not talking about, we know the word cooperate. When you cooperate with somebody, the, the one word, one cooperate, when you say that, you mean I, I just, okay, I'm going to follow along with what you're doing. But I'm saying co-operate or operate alongside, operate with God. The Bible says that we are workers together with him. You got it? We are workers together with God. We don't just work for God. We are workers together with God. Okay? Now, I've been trying to, by the Holy Ghost, help expand our spiritual capacity so we can do just that, operate with God. Let's go to a very familiar scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many times right after you get born again, a pastor or somebody like me will quote this scripture to you. 2 Corinthians 5, 
verse 17 and 18 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, come on. All right, verse 18, please. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So everybody say, I'm called a ministry. Okay, everybody, every believing in the world has a ministry. There's no, God doesn't have any sideline saints. He never intended for any of his saints to be sideline saints. He intended for every child of God to be operating in a ministry. Some of you may be singing. Some of you may be ushering. Some of you may be greeting. Some of you may, may be called to feed the poor. Some of you may be called to be teachers. But everyone is called to the ministry of reconciliation. You got it? Now, to do that, we got to understand that we have been reconciled to God ourselves through Jesus Christ. And then it says, that's because we have these things, they are of God. What things? Go back to verse 17. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, that word new, I want to give that to you from the Greek. The Greek word for new from G, uh, Strong's, G2537, kainos, which is new as respects form, recently made, Fresh. Everybody say fresh. fresh. Glory to God. If anybody's in Christ, he's a fresh creation. Recent, unused, unworn. Now, here's the part of the definition that most applies to this verse. It says, as respects substance, in other words, substance is what you're made of. If any man be in Christ, he's a new substance. He's, he's, he's a, 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 sub, a, a new substance on the inside, okay? Uh, you're, you're of a new kind. This is, this is critical here. Unprecedented. In other words, there's never been anything like you before. <laughs> Novel. Novel, new. It's something new, un- unheard of. This okay. Uncommon and unheard of. So if anyone is in Christ... He is an unprecedented creature. In other words, there's never been anything like you before. Of a new kind. If you read the Amplified Bible, this same verse, it'll say a new creation, a new creature altogether. In other words, when you get born again, you are not uh, an improved person. Oh, praise God. Oh, y'all hear me this morning. God, when he saves you, he doesn't improve you. He makes you new. All together. Many people try to improve themselves. You know, people buy self-help books, self-improvement. I'm, I'm, I'm going to set up this year to improve myself. Well, you can, you can improve yourself, but you can't make yourself new. Newness comes from God. Newness comes from being in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation altogether. Unheard of, uncommon, unprecedented. Novel, a new kind. You got it? So what has to happen, ladies and gentlemen, is you and I have to really, oh, man. I was telling my wife this this morning as we were preparing to come. 
she's next door, preparing to come that, that I, I thought I, I was struggling all day yesterday. I was Friday and Saturday because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in the spirit sensing something, even within our church, that, this, that, that people, people that I have to go back, as Paul said in Galatians 4, and labor again in birth pains until Christ be formed in you. Because I'm, I'm, it's like I'm sensing people have just tried to be better versions of themselves. And people have tried to use, they've been using willpower to be better versions of themselves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a better person because I'm, I'm going to try hard. I've got, I got willpower. I, I'm, I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop hoeing around by my will. Y'all don't like that word. By my willpower. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my lifestyle by my willpower. But your willpower is in the soul. Your soul can't do it. Your soul does not have the power. Your soul will always, given the first opportunity, revert back to what it's accustomed to. So the only way to really be new is that you have to have Christ, the anointed one of his anointing, formed within you. So Paul said, he, he, he was telling this in Galatians 4, he said, I'm, I'm afraid for you. I said, I said, babe, that's how I feel. I'm, I'm like afraid for the saints. I'm like, what's going on with people? What's going on? People's like, I mean, do, do, are, you, are you forgetting what God said? Are you forgetting the promises of God? Are, are you forgetting the truths of God's word? Are you forgetting the vision that he gave you, if he gave you a vision? Are you forgetting the prophecies that he's given, if you've heard the prophecies from the Lord? You cannot... You cannot let your soul be in control. You have to control your soul and make your soul align itself with your spirit, which is aligned with the spirit of God, the anointed one and his anointing, Jesus Christ. So I said, I feel like I got to go back and labor again until Christ be formed. See, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things, in fact, can, give me that verse in the uh, Amplified, because I want you to see this, because there's a couple words that use in Amplified. I wasn't meaning to go to Amplified, but there's something I just remember, just came back to me. The same verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, in the Amplified Classic Bible. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, watch this. He is a new, cre cre new creation, a new creature altogether. Watch this. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. That old moral and spiritual condition. And if you keep going back to that, Laquanda, then... You're not living from the in Christ new creation self. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, some stuff I want to say, I just don't want to offend people. <laughs> uh, 
but I, I, got, I, I think I have to say it because you have to, I got I to gotta jerk you up out of humanity. See, I know many people have been hit and affected and infected by viruses and so forth. But something on the inside, your born-again spirit is supposed to be strong enough to bring you up out of it. Even if you get hit, bam! There's going to be a championship spirit. Jesus Christ was a champion. There's a championship spirit on the inside of you that say, boom, I took it, but I'm... I'm going to come back again. I might be down, but I'm not out. You're not going to let me stay down. You're not going to make me stay down because there's something on the inside of me. And, and, that, and that's, that's what gets us going. But I got to understand, well, Pastor, I'm only human, and humans go through this. No, you're not only human. What is man? I'm talking, trying to teach you that you are born again man, a born again woman of God, and you have an anointing on the inside of you that overrides all your humanity. Thank you, Lord. Give me 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Passion Translation, please. The Passion. Passion. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Passion says... Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, enfolded, enfolded, have you been enfolded into Christ? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be outside. I'm enfolded. I'm folded in. I mean, which means when something's enfolded, you can't see it anymore. All you see is what's on the outside. So if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become, come on, an entirely new person. Stop trying to improve. No, you've been made entirely new. Well, that's just, that's just my personality. That used to be. Well, that, that's just how I was brought up. I understand. Change it. Well, I don't know if I can. Then you need to check whether you are in Christ. Because in Christ, if I've been enfolded in Christ, all of a sudden now I'm 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 covered by how what's his personality? You know, a few years ago they had this big thing. They used to have all these little uh, armbands, wristbands to say, "What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do?" So you tick me off before I cuss you out. What would Jesus do? Right before I flip your bird or before I bust you in your mouth. What would Jesus do? People are trying, trying to be guided by an armband. <laughs> armband ain't gonna keep you from cussing nobody out. You'll bust somebody in the face with an armband. Bam! Did you read that? Bam! Did you read that? Right? No, 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 it's not that. It's I've been enfolded in Christ. I've been transformed. I'm a brand new person altogether. Entirely new person. Watch this. Watch this. This is very, very critical. All that is related 
to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is what? Fresh and new. Okay? All right, now, I want to read one more place here. Same place, but a different translation. And I want verses 17 and 18 here. The easy to read version. I want you to see this here. Glory to God. At home, you know, y'all listen to this and tune in now. When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. Come on, testify about it, Miss Haddock. A whole new world. It's a whole new world when you're in Christ. Right? Have, has anybody found that to be true? It's a whole new world. I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about if you really understand it. Not trying to improve yourself. Not just trying to better yourself. But when you're really in Christ and discover who you are, it's a whole new world. You see differently. You talk differently. You walk differently. You live differently. It's a whole new world. The old things are gone. Suddenly. What? Not eventually. It's amazing how many times we're in, 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 in churches, Christians talking about, well, the Lord is working on me. Y'all don't like that. The Lord, be patient with me. The Lord is not through with me yet. No, he's through. You need a revelation of who you are. He's through. Suddenly, everything is new. <laughs> he's still working on me. No, he's not. He's working in you. Trying to enlarge your capacity. But everything is brand new, suddenly. Now, watch what it says. Verse 18. All this is from God. All this newness is from God. So your newness is from God. In other words, it's, not, it's God's life. It's God's ways. It's God's thoughts. It's God's size capacity. Through Christ, God made peace between himself and us. And God, here's the big part I want you to see here before we close out today. And God gave us the work of bringing people into peace with him. This is large work. So all of us have the job, the work of bringing people to peace with him. But why are we struggling to do that? Because I'm still trying to get God to work on me. Work on me, Jesus. No, 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 no. He made you brand new like that. To walk in your brand newness like that, you have to shut down the soul and listen to the spirit. Before you make a motion, before you make a decision, before you take a step, Holy Ghost, what are you telling me to do? So that you can walk in that. Because if not, your, your soul, Pastor Kim and I were dealing with that on our Faith Increase broadcast. And it was, your soul will take you everywhere. Your soul will take you from person to person to person. I don't, I'm talking about marriages, relationships. Person to person to person. Job to job to job. City to city to city. 
house to house to house. Your job, your, your soul will have you so crazy. But your spirit is going to follow the dictates of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says you've been made this suddenly. So now, once you have that on the inside, now you can operate in the large work he's given us, which is bringing people or other people now into peace with him. Y'all got it? Now, go back to, uh, well, I want to go to the book of John. I was here last Sunday and got caught up on this, John 3. Because I'm, I'm dealing with what is man. I want to know or help you to learn who you are. I want to help you to learn who you are. So that you're not bound by this world. This world tries to limit you. This world tries to cap you. They'll cap you by your gender. They'll cap you by your color. They'll cap you by your neighborhood. They'll cap you by, by your past. They'll cap you by your family last name. They'll cap you by all kind of stuff. You know, they'll cap you by because if you, got a, you came from a single-parent household, they're going to put a cap on you. Am I right about it? See, this is what I love about being born again, is that when you get born again and come into the kingdom of God, God has given you a place you now on a level playing field. I wonder y'all can hear me today. See, if we look in the natural, Deacon Robert, in the natural, I'm just talking natural. I'm not talking faith. So none of y'all faith giants pick on me. I'm, talking, I'm, talk, I'm telling you I'm talking natural right now. In the natural, we've already, in America, you and I, have already started 400 years behind. Just talking in the natural. Y'all don't like that. In the natural, we started 400 years behind. When, when, when the gun went off, psh, go, we were locked in chains and fetters and couldn't go. Then when the chains and fetters came off, they, they, they let us go, but they kept moving the finish line. Y'all don't like me talking like this. I'll, I'll Laws and rules and whether they were written or unwritten, laws and policies have been in place. Some of y'all know Jim Crow laws and redlining and things like that and poll taxes and all these things that in many ways are still present today. In the natural, that would, are designed to prevent people that look like me from making progress. In the natural. That's why I'm so grateful that when I get born again, when I come into the kingdom of God, God wipes out every ordinance that was written against me. You know what, what the book of Colossians says? That he wiped out every or, the handwriting of every ordinance that was written against you? 
Come on, y'all know your Bible. He, he, he blotted out the handwriting of every ordinance, every order, every law, every rule that was written against you. That comes because I'm born again. But if you don't live by your born-again spirit, by your born-again mind, by your born-again life, then you will let, you will allow, even subconsciously, you will let those limitations hold you back. Praise the Lord. John 3, verse 6. Here's what Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is what? So if you're born black, you're black. You're born a woman, you're a woman. You're born in Mississippi, you're Mississippian. You're born in Angola, you're, you're Angolan, right? In other words, my, my point in that is whatever you're born in naturally that, that's a determination, naturally, of where you can go, what you can do. Born of the flesh is flesh. But it says, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, this is good here. Verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, if you want to succeed, you must be born again. Doesn't matter whether you're black or female or male or from, from Mississippi. Perry, Florida, where you, wherever you're from. Quincy. <laughs> Verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. Y'all remember this from last week? And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it is going. Now watch this line Jesus said that I had not noted of, taken note of until, until a couple weeks ago. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. All of a sudden, understand, Barry, that because I'm born of the Spirit, I'm like the wind. This is what he just said. And the wind, he said, you, nobody can tell where it came from, which means it can't be traced. And you can't tell where it's going, which means it can't be tracked. In this natural, everybody wants to trace your lineage, trace where you came from, trace, we need to know where you, what's, what's, your, what's your pedigree before, before we let you into our group, before you, we want to know how you move into this, in this neighborhood, how you make this place in life. They, they want to check you out. And then they want to track you, and, 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 and by tracking, it's controlling. My educators know this. In school, they, they track kids based on what they traced. Child comes in, kindergarten, he comes from a single parent household. That's his trace. Now they're going to set a track. By third grade, they're tracking him all the way to prison. The pipeline to prison from the schools, from third grade. They're tracing where they came from, tracing their upbringing, tracing their, their family status. And then they're going to track them. This is what you're going to be. But the Bible says, for you and I who are born of the Spirit, just like the wind, nobody can tell where we come from. You can't trace me. And where I go, you can't track me. 
which means where I came from doesn't make a difference, and where I'm going, you can't stop. Where I came from doesn't matter, and where I'm going, you can't control me. I'm born again. It doesn't matter what my skin color is. doesn't matter what my gender is. doesn't matter what, 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 where neighborhood I'm co- I come from. What matters is I'm born again. Because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Y'all got it? Now, I, I know I feel like I'm going over and over on this, but, but you got to get this. You got to get the new you. Because if not, the old you is going to keep you in this box. And you can't get God to come down into your box. People are trying to get God to work with them in their box. You cannot get God to come down and work with you in your box. You've got to move and break out of the box to begin to work with God. You can't control God and keep God within a little half acre of property. You can't keep God in no little small territory. You can't keep God operating on on no little little small money. You can't keep God in no little small responsibility. God is all about big. God is all about large. God is all about vastness. I don't have time to read it, but you read it for yourself again. Zechariah 12, verse 1, where he talks about how God, he, he made the heavens, and then he made the, he, the, the depths of the earth, and then he put spirit in man, which means that he's trying to show us that as expansive as the heavens are and as deep as the earth is, that's how God made us. I'll tell your neighbor, you're too big for your britches. And that's a good thing. You got to get too big for your britches. I remember you used to hear that as a kid. You don't, don't, don't mess around. Get, get too big for your britches. Now don't get too big. No, God wants you too big for your britches. You ought to outgrow your You should not be wearing the same britches a day as you were wearing when you were three. There's a problem if you're still wearing the same britches you were wearing when you were in the seventh grade. You're supposed to grow. You're supposed to enlarge. You're supposed to expand. Glory to God. That's why, that, that, that's why, that's why uh, Jabez prayed it. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. He knew. He, he, he didn't want to be confined into this little small box that his brothers and his family was trying to keep him in. By his history. No, 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 no. I got a future. Got a bright future. Kim Clement moved to heaven a few years back. Prophet, but he used to have this saying, you're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. Tell your neighbor, you're somewhere in the future, and it looks much better than you look right now. God's trying to grow you and expand you and enlarge you so you can work with him on his level. You know, the church, the church has kept trying to keep God 
locked in. The church worldwide. The church gets mad when somebody builds a major uh, campus. Some preacher buys a jet and the church gets mad. But they don't get mad when Jay-Z has one. Something wrong with that. Drake can have a 747, but if a, if a preacher gets a tube, a tube engine, a prop plane, all of a sudden they got a problem with a preacher having a prop plane or even just a Cadillac. Something wrong with that. Every one of us, every one of us should be expanding in the things of God. Can you say hallelujah? All right, Psalm number eight. Let me go over here. Psalm number eight. Hallelujah. The psalmist said in Psalm number 8, verse 4, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? As he's considering the heavens and the work of his fingers and the moon and the stars which he's, which he's made or he's ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Verse 5, verse 5. You have made him a little lower than the angels and crown him with what? All right, now, so when you look at this at a cursory level, you say he's made us lower than angels, and you people think of angels, people have all kind of, first of all, wrong ideas about angels. They see little fat little, little, uh, little creatures with the little wings and, you know, a little harp and a little things, and that's not, that's not angels at all. When God wanted to deal with Shashak and his whole army, 85,000 men, God sent one angel. Destroyed Shashak and 85,000 men along with him. One angel. <laughs> so it's not some little cute little baby. It's a little heart. <laughs> no. These, these angels are large. They're massive. They're massive. But as impressive as these angels are, Christopher, they're not superior to us. Your Bible says he's made us a little lower than the angels. People say, okay, well, we're lower than angels. We're lower than, you know, Gabriel. We're lower than Michael. So that's, why, that's how people get over into uh, worship of angels. The Bible says beware of the worship of angels. Y'all have heard that in the New Testament? Beware of the worship of angels. Don't worship angels. So you should not be putting little angels above your little bed, little angel, little figurines. Above. That's, that's worship of angels. You've made idols out of angels. Take them down today. You've got, got open to, into idolatry. You said speak. I'm going to speak this, this too. Your grandma's not an angel. Your, your little baby who moved to heaven ahead of time is not an angel. Humans do not become angels when they die. That would be a step backwards. That would be a demotion. Hebrews 1.14 says the angels are ministers for us. A minister, for example, when I go to a restaurant today, there's going to be a lady or a man that's going to come and minister to me. 
Right? That's when you sit down and they say, hi, what will you have today? They're, going, they're, coming, they're, coming, they're, they're coming to minister to you. That's what angels do. They are, they are your ser- they're, they're servants of God, but they serve you. So when you pass away and leave this earth, you don't become an angel. That would be a demotion. You mean to tell me you're going to spend all this time laboring in the God's kingdom, serving God, living for him all this time, and you go to heaven and you get demoted? When it says he made him a little lower than the angels, back in Psalm number, number 8, verse 5, that word angels is the Hebrew word Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, Elohim which is the exact same word that you see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when it says, help me out, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, Elohim. So when it says he made you a little lower than the angels, he's talking about he made you a little lower than the gods. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You are lower. Well, I don't believe that. Well, just keep reading the, next, the rest of the verse. And you have crowned him with the glory and honor. Name one angel that's been crowned with anything. I'm talking about go by your Bible. Don't go by, don't go by Huda Huda and the root lady down at, at the, at the uh, Vanoa Park. And I'm talking about go by what you see in the word and show me any angel that God has crowned with anything. Not one. But man, it says you have crowned with glory and honor. Why? Because we're only a little lower than God himself. No, now this is going to really, really mess, your, mess your, your, your lunch up if you don't, you don't get it. Little lower. Y'all got to catch it. A little lower. Just y'all. Now I'm stretching y'all, some of y'all right now. This may... Maybe for a Wednesday night. A little lower. Right. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> that means just under. Right. You know, God said, well, it's, in a, it's in a chapter. I'm going to read that chapter today or, Sunday or Wednesday. Um, my glory I will not share with another. He said in the book of Isaiah, he said, my glory I will not share with another. Now, when he says that, that word another means another kind. Jesus comes along, comes along in John 17 and says, Father, give them the glory you gave me. Now, God said, I'm not, not going to share my glory with another. Jesus says, give them the glory you gave me. So obviously, I'm not another. Oh, my God. I've got to be the same kind as God if Jesus Christ would say, give them the glory that you gave me. Is this, is this, I want you to see who you are. Get out of this natural, fallen man way of thinking. Now, when man fell, man fell below angels. 
When Adam fell, Adam fell below angels. That's why when you read Hebrews 1.14, he says, the angels, are they, are they not all ministering spirits sent for the ministers of those who are the heirs of salvation? So born again people now go back above angels. <laughs> Y'all getting this here? All right, now, my goodness. Give me Psalm 8, verse 5, please, media. I know I'm, I'm dancing around. Thank you for keeping up. Psalm 8, verse 5 in the Passion Translation, please. Psalm 8, verse 5 in the Passion Translation. Let's see what it says here. Yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim. What honor you have given to men. This includes women, so women, y'all can say amen too. What honor you have given to men, women, created only, Michelle, you see this? Only a little lower than Elohim. Remember I told you that word? Same word as God in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Crowned, crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. My Somebody say, I've been crowned, I've been crowned. With, glory with glory and magnificence. Now, when people look at you in the, in the flesh, they look at your natural, and they I don't see much glory. Ain't, no, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing magnificent about her. That's why, remember we read 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That's why verse 16 says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one after the flesh. Because, see, when you look at me in the flesh right now, you don't see my glory and my magnificence. And truth be told, I don't see your glory and I don't see your magnificence. <laughs> but if I can look past your flesh, that's why we got to be careful how we treat everybody. Because we got to look past people's flesh and see them as the spirit beings God made them and we, we will see them in glory and magnificence and kings and queens. Look at the person next to you. Check, check them out. If they're, if they're a woman, you're going to say queen. If they're a man, they're going to say king. And just say, I'm sitting next to a Tell them who, who they're sitting next to. Tell them who they're sitting next to. You better, you better sit up straight. You better align yourself. You're sitting. That's why, that's why I see. Oh, Jesus. Jeff, this, 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 this what? See, when, when, I, when I meditated Romans 5.17 long enough in the Amplified, when it said, if you receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you shall reign in life as kings through the one Christ Jesus. All of a sudden, Olivia, I realized I was a king. Now, I, I didn't know that. I was just a little old black boy. I just, you know, just all I saw was, all I knew was my flesh. But when I understood I was a king, it changed how I sat. 
So you don't catch me slouching like a... Kings don't slouch. Oh, come on. Kings and queens walk with a certain dignity. Kings and queens command a respect. Notice I said command, not demand. I said command. People are marching trying to demand respect. But when you walk a certain way, you command respect. The way I walk, the way I talk, the way I live, the way I dress will command respect. Who you think you are? I don't think I'm nobody. I know I'm a king. Just under God. <laughs> See, when you get a hold of that, ladies and gentlemen, you walk a certain way and you command people even treat you a certain way. When you understand that, then you, then you now move over to a different level of operating. People who are not kings and queens, don't get offended online, beg. Peasants beg. You calling me a peasant? No, I'm calling you a king and a queen. I'm asking you what do you call yourself? How do you see yourself? Peasants beg for everything. I show, I show hope, hope I can get a job. That's not how kings operate. I show hope they'll let me get the loan for this car. That's not how kings operate. You command. Kings decree. In Proverbs, I think it's chapter 8 somewhere, it says, uh, by me, which is by wisdom, kings uh, uh, decree justice or something like that. Rulers decree justice. That's what it says. So kings, we decree things. Rulers decree things. We use our mouths to get things done. We command respect. Glory to God. Now this is crucial here. Pastor, why you sound like you always teach on that? Yeah, I do. I'm trying to labor and birth pain again until Christ be formed in you. I mean, it's, it's, it pains me. I'm the one got to go through the pain. Trying to get the people of God to understand who they are. We're living beneath our privilege. We're living beneath our true identity. And if that's the case, we cannot get anything done in the kingdom. We can get, we can get small money, small work, small territory, minor responsibility. But God didn't say that. He said large. Large money, large territory, large work, major responsibility. But I got I to gotta be on a king's level to operate that way. Are you hearing me? Now, go to, please, um, in, back in Psalm number 8. I want to show you one thing here. Psalm number 8, verse 6. You've made him to have what? Dominion over the works of your hands. I hit on that uh, probably... Thursday night in the, in the healing school about God's giving us dominion over the physical body because our body is a work of our hands, or work of God's hands, right? Okay? So you made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Now, 
I want you to go, please, to Psalm 49. Psalm 49. Hallelujah. You know, when Elijah wanted, wanted to control the weather, he just decreed it. The Bible says that Elijah was a man with light constitution like as we are. Elijah, that's what it says in James 5, he was a man just like us. I think it's James 5 right around verse 18. He was a man just like us. And he prayed there would be no rain. There was no rain three and a half years. And he prayed again, and there was rain. He changed the whole climate. I was down here yesterday, and I was over there. I noticed the grass is like, man, look like the grass drying out. And I said, there was something wrong. And so I went over working on the sprinkler system for, for a minute. I'm like, man, something's wrong. And find out something's wrong. I don't know what it is. And uh, so I said, Lord, I need some rain today. So I command rain to come today. <laughs> and when I looked and said that, Michelle, there weren't those clouds in the sky. I said, no, I'm calling for rain today. So I'm sitting there, we're at home, and maybe right about 9, something, 10 o'clock, all of a sudden, I hear, boom. <laughs> you think you did that? Yes. If Elijah can do it, and he was a man just like me, then I can do it too. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Surprise showers, yes. Showers on demand. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it too. That's, no, that's right. That's exactly, you keep practicing that. I mean, Joshua did it to, to the sun and the moon. Right, Pastor Joshua? Joshua said, son, don't you go down. Moon, don't you come up. I need more time to whoop this enemy. I'm busy right now. I need, I need, I need some more daylight. And the Bible says the sun didn't go down for a whole day. So on the calendar of human time, there's an extra day in there. And then the Bible says there was never a time before that or after that, at least when that was written, that God had listened to the voice of a man like that. He said, God listened to the voice of a man. That's how it puts it in the book of Joshua chapter 10. He said he, he listened to the voice of a man. He listened, y'all not catching. He listened to the voice of a man. And if God would listen to Joshua's voice, who wasn't even born again, who was a fallen man and just new covenant, what will he do for those of us who are born again men and women who know our covenant rights? Now, if y'all going to stop the sun, let everybody know, please. So just, you know, you throw everybody's schedule off. <laughs> let us know, okay? Because we got we to gotta make sure we got everybody's schedule. You know, we, we can afford a day, extra day, you know what I'm saying? Some, some, some kid wakes up, like, is it, oh, today my birthday. No, it's not my, what happened? No, that was, that was Deacon Robert. He moved it to tomorrow. He moved it. Are you in Psalm uh, 49? Look at verse 5. Why should I fear in the days of evil when the, when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me? 
Days of evil, right? That's where we're in now, right? Look at verse 13. Verse 13, I got to hurry up. This is the way of those who are foolish and of, the, and, and of their posterity, posterity, who approve their sayings, Selah. Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Everybody say dominion. dominion. So notice it says this is about the evil. It says the, the, the wicked ones, the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. So God shifts things overnight such that the upright who have been uh, under or they've been subject, now the upright, that's you, shall have dominion over the wicked. That's why God says don't be moved by, by, by the world. They're going to dream of what I have for you because he's shifting things now that as they have had dominion, now he says it's time for the body of Christ, 2020, to now have dominion in the earth. That's why you cannot get distracted. That's why you cannot get disconnected. Because you do that and you'll, be, you'll, you'll fall into the wrong category. No, we want to be on the side of this dominion. You got it? Now, so we'll have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave for he shall receive me. Alright? So God's flipping things around. Flipping things around. Now, I want to show you something. Go to Hebrews 12 and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. You can read along if you, if you, if you have it. Hebrews 12 verse 26 to 29 because this is what is happening right here. Oh my God. This is a big time. Listen my family at home. This is a big time. This is the time we've been prophesying about for years. Beyond us, what our forefathers were prophesying. I'm talking about forefathers in the faith. Well, they've been prophesying. It's what the people at Azusa prophesied would come. It's what Kenneth Hagin prophesied was coming. What these great men of God in their days, what they saw coming, it's coming on us right now. When you try to figure out, and they say, what, what's going on? What? I mean, I just read yesterday, uh, they said the report is that they're, they're probably going to cancel college football season. What are y'all going to do on your Saturdays? Oh, my God, they're going to cancel the whole season? Yes, one conference already canceled their whole season. So they're saying now probably the entire NCAA is going to cancel the whole football season. What are, what are they going to do in Tuscaloosa, Chris? The roll tide ain't going to be able to roll this year. Ain't going to be no gator chopping. Hurricanes ain't going to blow. What are people going to do? Now, we're, we're, it's laughable, but I want you to see something is happening. Hebrews 12, verse 26 to 29 in the, in the passage says this. The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain, but now he has promised. Once and for all. 
education is being robbed. People thought, man, education, that's the golden ticket. You just, you set. Now teachers not even sure they're going to have jobs. Get a good job with the government, you work for the city, you set for life. Now city governments are, are furloughing. State governments are furloughing. And, and, and federal, federal departments are shutting down. He says, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, the world, the church, the, the, the religious church is being shaken right now. Churches are already declaring we're not open until next year. We're shut down until next year. Hopefully we'll open next year. Next year? That's if the science backs it up next year. Falsely called science. Falsely called knowledge. Some, do you realize what's going on? All of the financial systems. How many retailers are shutting down, filing bankrupt, that you thought, this, is, this company is strong. You find out they, they were broke, in debt, didn't have enough money to pay payroll next week. Once, and he says once and for all. In other words, there have been small shakings. But he said, this one that's coming that we see is happening is here right now is a once and for all. That's why you can't, you cannot have put your trust in those systems out there. That's why we've been teaching this for the last 20 years. Hey, get in here and overcome the world system. Get in here in the word of God and learn faith. Get in here and learn sowing and reaping. Get in here and learn divine healing. Get in here and learn, learn, learn how to walk in your anointing. Get in here because those systems out there are failing right now. And you know, if you've been, been with me a while, I've been telling you, this stuff going to fail. This stuff is going to fail. This stuff is going to fail. I didn't know it was going to be 2020. I've just been telling you prophetically, it's going to fail. Here it is, he says, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Wait, 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 wait. I'm shaking up the devil's kingdom. <laughs> That, that's why the devil's so nervous. That's why he's panicking. That's why, because he's, his kingdom is being shaken up. His kingdom is being bankrupted. His kingdom is being plundered. His system is falling apart. Now, this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final Final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. 
so or so that only what is unshakable. Are you unshakable today? Are you one of God's unshakables? Everything out there is being shaken up. The systems and the kingdom of darkness are being shaken up so that what is unshakable, that's God's word, that's his kingdom, that's his system, that's his son, that's the blood, that's the name, that's the covenant. So that that's, that will be what remains. Now since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, huh? rights, we're receiving rights to an unshakable kingdom. Oh my God. Thank God for civil rights. <laughs> Thank God for the Bill of Rights. But that's all shakable, obviously. All that's shakable. All that's being shaken and rocked to the core right now. But we're receiving rights to an unshakable kingdom. We should be extremely thankful. Are you thankful today? And watch this praise worship team and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart. Not, not, not delights you. That delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute. Y'all sung all about it today about, about, about withholding nothing. I'm just giving him everything. Absolute surrender. Filled with awe. You know, you know what's being shaken too? I just thought about it when Thomas praise and worship. Is all this phony praise and worship being shaken? This, what's been this showmanship praise and worship? What's been the lights, camera, action praise and worship? What's been is all really about a concert and getting a hit. Try, trying to write a hit. Ain't no hits in heaven. How you gonna get a Dove Award? How you gonna get a Grammy on, on praise and worship? I mean, who judged it? Who judged it? Did God get a vote? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good song right there. No, ain't, ain't nobody praying about no Grammy. For our God is a holy devouring, or as the King James says, a consuming fire. Glory to God. So it's been shaken up. All right, I want to read one more place before we quit. One more place. So I want to I let you know why God would take the time to have us teach on this today, on this, these last couple of weeks. Because right now, you are the answer. The people of the world are trapped in darkness. And they're desperately in need of the light of hope. I, I found this article and it was in a June 7th, 2020 article from a website called Psychology Today. And it listed three key reasons why suicide rates are skyrocketing in America. 
they're increasing greatly. Here they are. Economic stress. Can y'all believe that? Economic stress. People have, have, have quit life because of economic stress. Jobs lost. Businesses that people that worked to build for years all of a sudden gone. Want the government to help. The government said we're going to send you stimulus. Then we're going, not going to send it. Then we got to get the parties to agree on it. Then the president going to approve it. Then I'm going to back off for a minute. We got to figure out can we get you extra money every month. And maybe we'll send you extra money every week. And then we can get you a big, you know, big $1,200 to change your life. Stimulus and all that kind of stuff like that. But see, if you're a sower, if you're a tither, you can't have no economic stress because you know God supplies all your needs. Number two, social isolation. Check. Because you got to be social distance, and then you got to quarantine, and you got to, you know, uh, you know, drive by birthday parties and drive by graduations, and you locked in your house for 14 days, and can't you can't go to nursing homes and visit your family? It was so sad because I, there's a nursing home right outside of the neighborhood where I live, and uh, I was driving this morning, uh, and I saw a lady pulled up in her car to the gate. And you can see it's her mom with a walker, and she comes up to the gate, and she's standing there about 10 feet away from her. She's inside the gate, and the lady's trying to talk to her through the gate about 10 feet away. And I, I said, that's the saddest thing. See, I know this, this is my opinion, so don't judge me. To me, nursing homes, those kind of homes, are already designed to kill the spirit. That's the way they the way they operate. They're already just designed to crush the human spirit. I've visited enough, been in them enough to see these places are horrible. I'm just gonna tell you, listen, listen to me. Do whatever you can to keep your loved one out of that. Believe God to, to add on to your house. Believe God, if you got to bring in a home health aid, somebody do whatever you can. Let God make you rich so you can have 24-hour, seven-day-a-week care for your loved one. But don't send them to them kind of places. Social isolation. So you can't be around each other. But watch the third one that they, that they noted. And loss of community and religious contact. This was not a Christian website. This is a secular psychology today. I'd ask Brother James, and that's his degree in psychology, right? Have you ever heard of psychology today? Okay, so that's secular. That's not Christian. There's nothing about church. But they noted in their studies what's contributed is to suicide is loss of community and religious contact. So what they're saying is, I'm just going to put it in my words, when you disconnect from church, so the devil strategically tells people 
the number one place to stay away from is church. That the most dangerous place you can go to in America is a church. It's to get them to have a loss of religious contact. Well, we can do it online. That's, that's. You, you ever, let me ask this question. You ever had a long distance relationship? Tell the truth. You ever had a long distance relationship? You know, you in St. Pete and they're in Alabama somewhere and you, I'm call you. Come on, does, does it really last? It don't really last if, if. I remember when Elder Baker and, and, and Lamika, they were courting, seeing each other. And you were living somewhere in Kissimmee. And he'd drive over here and all that kind of stuff and come to church, drive back and forth. At some point, he had to say, I'm going to make the move. He ended up moving to Tampa. He had to get closer. We got to get closer to my baby because if we're going to make this thing work, I can't be way in Kissimmee and she way in St. Pete. That's not going to work. Because you can't really be a relationship long distance. It's, it's just... My point is, people are in darkness, and they need us. Now, let me give you one last scripture today, and we'll quit. And I'm going to read from the CEV. And I want you to hear this prophetically. Okay? Isaiah 42, verse 5 through 7. While you're getting that, I want you to understand when people have no contact with God, or no contact with his people, all hope is lost. Ephesians 2.12 says that people are without Christ, without God, and without hope in the world. So when people don't have contact with the, with the church family, when a man, even the other one, isolates himself, he intermeddles with all wisdom. Proverbs 18.1, right? So people need light. We are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. Jesus said he was the light of the world, John 8, 12. So he was the light of the world. He said later on, he says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light. But when I'm gone, you're the light. All right, now, with that in mind, let's read this one last place. Isaiah 42, verse 5 through 7 in the CEV. I am the Lord God. I created the heavens like an open tent above, like an open tent above. Notice no cap on the heavens. I made the earth and everything that grows on it. I am the source of life for all who live on this earth, so listen to what I say. So let's listen to what I say because I'm where your life comes from. Now watch this prophetic word for everybody here. I chose you. To bring justice. Yes, and I am here at your side. I selected you and sent you to bring light and my promise of hope to the nations. Now this scripture, and I'll read verse 7 here in a moment. This scripture is a prophetic word about the Messiah, Jesus to come. 
But if you understand what I've been teaching this whole day is that you're the body of Christ. And if we're the body of Christ, then whatever Jesus Christ was assigned to, we're assigned to. We're assigned to finish the work. So I want you to read that same verse now within, with, it, with this in mind that he's talking to me. He's talking to you. So he says, I chose you to bring justice. People march for justice. But he said, I chose you to bring it. There's no justice outside the church. The church is the one who brings justice. The Bible says in Proverbs 2 that the unrighteous don't even understand justice. They think they do. But you and I do. And I am here at your side. Thank you, Lord. I selected you and sent you to bring light. They're in darkness. My calling, Shante, is to bring light. And God's promise of hope. Why do people commit suicide? They are hopeless. They've lost all hope. They are desperate. They see no way of coming out of whatever they're in. Whether it's lack, whether it's a sickness or a disease. They, they've mentioned, I remember reading the same article about, from Psychology Today about how many people, when they found out they had COVID-19, they committed suicide. Like, wait, 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 wait. We, we didn't say you had to die. But in their mind, they've been, there's so much fear, there's no hope now. So people have no hope. So we have to bring hope to the nations. Remember large work? Large territory? Need large money? Major responsibility? So he's saying hope, go back to the previous verse, hope to the nations. You can bring hope to the nations. That means your influence is going to be much bigger than what you thought. You carry, if you understand your capacity, the ability to bring hope to the nations. In other words, you got to see beyond your neighborhood, beyond your small group, beyond this church, beyond this city, beyond this state, beyond a nation to nations. When God, I'm saying like they say no day. When God gets through with you, you'll be ministering hope to nations. That's why you got to see beyond a six hundred dollar a week unemployment bonus. That's already gone. The president trying to get four hundred. He signed executive order, but there's a little stall in the plan. You got to see beyond $1,200 a month, $1,200 one time, rather stimulus. That's, that's not going to bring hope to nations. Pastor Joshua just got back from Haiti. What would it take to bring hope to Haiti? I mean, to really impact Haiti? You can't do it with $1,200 or $600 every week. <laughs> we sent three grand, they went through that in a few days.
but it said you are going to bring hope to the nations. All right, let me read this last verse, verse 7. Verse 7. Here it is, healing school. You will give sight to the blind. You your sanctified self. Your Holy Ghost filled anointed self. Your spirit led tongue talking Bible believing Bible thumping self. You will give sight to the blind. Say I will give sight to the blind. I mean we're going to go beyond headaches and toothaches. <laughs> we're going to give sight to the blind and watch this last one. You will set prisoners free from dark dungeons. When people are trapped in addictions, it's a dungeon. When people are trapped by depression, especially when we talk about the clinical depression, it's a dark dungeon that they, they do not know how to get out of. Some of, for some of us, it's hard to imagine being trapped in your own mind. When people are struggling with all sorts of addictions and all sorts of hang-ups, when there are strongholds on their minds, stuck in lifestyles that they, they, they that's, it's, it's just, their soul is tormented. It's a dark dungeon. And the Bible said, you will set prisoners free. That means you're walking around with the keys to unlock the doors of somebody's prison and let the one that's trapped to let them out. The one that's bound to let them out. The one that's addicted to let them out. The one that's been stuck. The one that's depressed. The one that feels like they lost their mind. You know one of the things I pray for the most Ms. Hattie, when it comes to healing ministry, I pray, you know, I, I believe God for, you know, ears open. I prayed and, and seen ears open. I prayed and seen eyes open. I prayed. I, I, but what I pray for the most now are people who have mental things. That they're trapped. When people, a person has dementia or Alzheimer's, they're trapped. They're in a dungeon in their mind. And Sometimes from the outside, you look at them like, well, what's wrong with you? They don't, they don't know. They, they're trying, they can't get out of this dungeon. They can't even articulate. When a person has suffered from uh, autism or, or mental retardation, those are things I pray for all the time, Laquanda, because, God, I want to set people free out of these dungeons. That's what I'm called to do. That's what you're called to do. That's what God has given us the spiritual capacity to do if we'll step into it. If we'll tap into it. Now listen. As born again believers, we carry the cure for all of man's ills. Everything wrong in the earth, you and I are carrying the answers for it. That's why you and I cannot kowtow, bow down to fear with a virus or with terrorism or with financial collapse or be worried about whatever the devil's trying to bring in the earth. 
we got to walk in the light of who we are so we can get people the answers that they need. Do you know who you are? What is man? Born again men? We're the answer to every problem in this world. We're children of the living God. Just under God himself. Commanders in the earth to bring about the very power of the living God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Praise him. Come on. Father, thank you so much for giving us this privilege today to be in your house, to hear the word. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, that for these, your precious people, that you help us to really get an understanding of who we are in you, Lord. That no believer is left behind. No believer comes short of our rightful place in you. You are giving us rights to an unshakable kingdom. And so, Lord, our kingdom rights, those are the things that will get us into the life that you want us to live, to walk in the power that you want us to demonstrate, to experience the victory that you've already paid for. So, Father, I pray that each person, in the sound of my voice, those here, those online, will all break out of the box of humanity and step over, Father, into the unlimited space of divinity. Thank you, Lord. As we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we recognize and realize and are thankful how Jesus Christ, who was the Son of God, became for us the Son of Man so that we, the sons of men, could become sons of God. Your word says, Father, behold what man of love you've bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when Jesus shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Your word even tells us in 1 John 4, Father, that as Jesus Christ is, so are we in the world. And so, Father, we'll step over into the fullness of who we are. We'll stop living the minimum's lives, but we'll start living maximized lives. Taking every cap off you. Dreaming big. Thinking big. Talking big. Praying big. And expecting big. Hallelujah. Thank you for this year of manifestation. Vision manifestation. Your will, your plan in the earth. And our part with it. And I pray, Father, that God, each and every one of us will move with you, flow with you, and not allow anything to cause us to be stressed out about finances, not allow anything to make us isolated socially. You said a person, Father, isolates himself, intermeddles with all wisdom. That's how they get in trouble. And that, God, you don't allow us to disconnect from our religious, from our faith, from our Christian, our church family. Father, it's so vital that we remain connected to the family. And I pray that each person not only understand that, but embrace that 
and pursue it in the name of Jesus. Because, Lord, the anointing on all of us is much greater than the anointing on any one of us. So we need each other. We need to walk together. Thank you for the power of the corporate anointing. Thank you that in this place, Father, signs, wonders, miracles take place. And not only in this place, but wherever we go, even corporately, Father, wherever, wherever we move out into, your power, the power of your spirit flows in our lives. Thank you for total victory today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's receive the Lord's Supper today. Those of you at home, I, we've already asked you to make sure you have um, grape juice and um, some sort of bread. We know you may not have unleavened bread. It's not likely to have that. But you can have whatever uh, type of bread that you um, have there at home. I asked you ahead of time to get grape juice and I know a lot of times people say, well, you can just use orange juice or use apple juice, use whatever you want. Well, you could in a desperate situation, but it's not the same thing. Jesus talked about the fruit of the vine. He said the fruit of the vine, that's the grape. And so um, hopefully you have that so you can join in with us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for this Lord's Supper that we're about to partake of. And for what this whole redemption, what it cost you, what you willingly paid for our redemption, you paid with your very best, Jesus, your son. Father, we can never repay you for what you've done for us, never repay you for 